Not a whole lot. Um, been doing schoolwork and to get my nails done. It's been, they're really, really pretty. Um, I went for more purple this time and changed it up, putting colors on different nails and getting this freaking House of Flame and Shadow book today. That was a journey in and of itself. Yeah. Like, mom looked on the Sweetwater Walmart and it said that they didn't have it, period, like at all. And I bet the they have it and they don't have the website updated. I don't know. Sweetwater. But, but yeah, Athens had like five copies. So I was like, we mm, better snag that sucker up. Honestly, people probably went at midnight last night and got a bunch of copies from Sweetwater. I wouldn't be surprised. There was over 100 people at Barnes & Noble last night. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Was it fun? It was literally like, I will be going to midnight release parties from now on. That was the best time I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of people dressed up as Danica and Bryce and Hunt and... Some there was like all kinds of different t-shirts. There was like Avatar t-shirts. There was Throne of Glass t-shirts, Crescent City t-shirts. Um, I did give away all of my friendship bracelets. Like, got rid of all those. Um, it was just so much fun. Like, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I wasn't sure how it was gonna go because like I've never been to one before, but it was it started at nine o'clock. Um, and they had like trivia and stuff that you could do while you waited. And then there was like a quiz to take to see which house you would be a part of. Shout out to House of Sky and Breath. Hello. Shout out to House of Sky and Breath. Um, and then they had like on the window, you could put sticky notes up with your theories. So that was fun because there was a lot of theories up there, which mm-hmm. some of them. I've already come true um but and then they had like the I posted on my Instagram the um feather backdrop like the wing angel wing backdrop that you could pose in front of um I did post a full like reel to my Instagram today too that like shows you know kind of what all they were doing but at 11 30 they had us line up back there in the like kids section and then they had us all pose for a photo, which was interesting. I, half of us didn't make it in the photo. I'm pretty positive. Um, and then they called, we had wristbands. And if you were a, had a membership, you got a purple wristband. If you didn't have a Barnes & Noble membership, you got a white wristband. And so they lined up purple wristbands first and then white wristbands. And they called them out like by numbers. So in the purple wristbands, I was in the first group because we got there early. So I was like 12th in line. Um, And then they didn't like let us, they started lining up all the cashiers and they were lining up all the books on the counter so we could all see them. And everybody started screaming. And then um, they didn't let us like start checking out until 12 o'clock on the dot. Um, So that was fun. And then I had reserved two copies under my name for me and Emily. And she isn't a member, so she was in, like, the back of the line. Like, she was back there at the kids' section. That's how long the line was. Wow. And they, like, weaved. And it weaved. Like, that wasn't just straight around the corner. That was, like, going in and out of shelves. That's crazy. Maybe that's why they rearranged it to our shelves, the shelves in there, to look like a maze because of that. (laughs) Well, and then when I got up there, they were like, oh yeah, if you have two copies reserved under your name, you can go ahead and get them. And so I bought two copies. I texted Emily. I said, let's roll. (laughs) (laughs) We did make some new friends. So that was fun. We all followed each other on Instagram. Um, I posted those pictures on Instagram too. Uh, I did see that. I did see that. They were dressed as Hunt and Bryce, which was really fun. Um, It was just, we had a great time. Like at one point we were sitting like, you know where the the fantasy section is where like game of thrones and stuff is mm-hmm. we were sitting in that like little corner me and emily were and that's when we met those girls and then we were talking about um gwenriel versus elriel so that was fun oh um nobody was an elriel fan so thank god <laughs> one girl <laughs> knew who caven was so we talked about caven <gasps> so, so 
fun. It was so much fun. I would do it again in a heartbeat. Um, when we got home, I did get, they also gave us um, House of Flame and Shadow bookmarks, stickers, and magnets. So Ooh. I got those. Um, and then they gave us these like bingo sheets, which they gave them to Emily because she was like the white. The people with the purple wristband got the the bookmark magnet and sticker. People with the white wristband got House of Flame and Shadow bingo. And it's basically like theories. And if they come true in the, while you're reading, you're supposed to mark it off. And if you get bingo, yeah. Oh, that's so fun. So they're fun. Um, I, somebody said something about one of the theories up there was like Elaine dies. And I was like, I hope so. <laughs> Lord. It was funny. Wait, well, and then one of the girls, when we were standing up there reading the theories, was a Cassandra Clare fan. And I made a joke about Magnus Bane, and she was like, oh, I love those books. So then I bonded with another person as well. You found um, your people. We were literally amongst our people. I kid you not. So every time they would like say something like, we're five minutes out or whatever, like everybody in the whole store would just scream. <laughs> and then as Emily and I got in the car, uh, the two girls that had came together that were dressed as Danica and Bryce came outside and they had their books and they were like wooting and like screaming and everybody else who had already come outside and was like in their cars all of us rolled down our windows and everybody in the parking lot was just screaming <laughs> I was so like fun. I wish I could have went I wish I could have went but yeah. things just bad. happened it was like these are our people and then um they played, so we were standing up front, and the girl was like, I feel like we should play a Taylor Swift song. What should we play over the intercom? And I said, I feel like Ready For It would be appropriate. She played it. <laughs> the countdown to midnight was Ready For It by Taylor Swift, um, which just made sense. Sarah but, J. Mass fans and Swifties combined is the best thing ever. Yes. And then um, when we left, I came home, and it was like 1, 1.30 by the time I got home. I stayed up till 3.30 reading because there was no way I was going to bed. Um, oh, I know. But, and then I got up at like 7.30 this morning and was reading again. But yeah, it's um, it's been great so far. All I've done is read all day. Uh, mm -hmm. But that's all I'll say about the book because I don't want to like yeah. If there's anybody out there that's like me, like Hallie's so many pages ahead of me. And I literally told her like, do not, I don't even want to know your emotions. Cause I want to go into this blind. Well, so like, when you, if there's anybody you, else like that out there, I'm not going to say anything else. Because I was reading and then I was like, I'm going to text her and see what she's on. Cause you've been reading a lot longer. You've been reading it a lot longer than I have. So you said you were on like, when I texted you the first time and you were on like page like 180 or something. And I was on page like 140. So I was like, I was getting closer to you but like, well and like I had to I had to step away for like I was gone for like three or four hours from the house because I had to go to a doctor's appointment with my mom and mom um yeah. so that threw a hitch in my like reading plan because I was like hoping to be much further along by you know now but mm -hmm. it is what it is yeah. I knew it, I wouldn't it, finish it today so I'm trying not to like fly through it because no. once it's done like that's it like <laughs> then we have to got nothing but yeah it's all I'll say is that it's been very good so far and I I don't think I've ever been addicted to a book more like I know I'm legitimately one of my current like, reads so is the battle of the labyrinth and I said that's got to go on hold when I get this book <laughs> I'm sorry I got you something last night so they were putting them out last night I didn't know if you would want it, and I know you wouldn't be awake because it was 1230. Um, they were handing out to people in line if they wanted to go ahead and buy them because they were coming out this morning, the uh, special edition of The Lightning Thief. Oh. And it's gorgeous. But I was I like, saw ah. I'm tempted to buy it. Because I almost I went ahead it. and bought it for you, but I was like, I don't know if she wants it, so... I Carmen, I love Percy Jackson. <laughs> I know. I was just like, what if she's already ordered it? So... And I knew no. I couldn't text you and you wouldn't, like, I knew you wouldn't answer if I texted. So I just deferred. The one thing I will say negative that came out of last night was that um, due to the bookstore being open later than normal hours and due to nobody being in there except for the people there for the party, 
um, it made the bookstore extra cozy. And they did allow us to shop while we were in there. <laughs> and I did might you, have bought some things. <laughs> did you buy more books? <laughs> yeah. What you could you shop while you were waiting. And then, like, obviously, you had you couldn't, you know, buy House of Flame and Shadow at the time. So, like, we had to, we checked out and then, you know, waited for House of Flame and Shadow. I, I bought Fable. I can't remember who it's by. Let me look it up real quick. Um, I, I've been hearing a lot of people talk about this book. And they had the really pretty, I think you and I have seen it in there before. Fable by Adrian Young. Um, I think you and I have seen it in there before. It was the paperback and it has the blue uh stenciled pages like edging like the edges of the pages are blue so it was really pretty oh Um, I think I know what you're talking about and I've been hearing a lot about it so I got that and then I got um Argyle by L.A. Conway for the new Argyle movie oh yeah because I think that'll be an interesting book and it kind of like with movies like that I feel like reading that book it'll make me feel like I'm a character in the movie because you know it's like it's the book that's in the movie and stuff. So, um, yeah. so I got that. And then I got, they had Gabriella Montez from High School Musical Funko Pop. <laughs> and I got it. Um, and then I got two books that aren't like book books. They're, you know, one day they'll be coffee table books. They were art books. And one of them is Spirited Away. And it's like the artwork that they used for the movie. Oh, that would yes. be. Oh, I'm going to have to steal that from you. The other one is like all the Studio Ghibli films art book. Yeah. So I'm going to come of down to your house and I'm going to steal those from you. Yeah. So I got both of those. So technically I didn't break my book buying ban. I just buy one book. Which was, you know, fail. Mm-hmm. Um. Because I don't count Argyle because the movie's coming out. So you want to read the book before you watch the movie. Um, But yeah, so they did allow us to shop. And like that's dangerous because it's nighttime. You know, you've got like two and a half hours to kill. And the bookstore is just like extra cozy because it's not as busy everybody's in there dressed up as characters from the book that's about to be released and it was just like extra cozy emily actually got out with some books too um i can't remember which books she got for the life of me but she got like two or three books so we rocked and rolled buddy but um yeah it was a great it was a great experience i would go back in a heartbeat they did next time there's one next time there is one i'm going yeah, like I would go like if they like even if it's not a Sarah J. Moss release, if it's you know the next whatever release, I would go in a heartbeat because it was so much fun. Um, other than that, for my life update, this has been a lengthy life update. Other than that, um, I watched Dairy Girls. It's been a while since I've like since we've done a life update. Because yeah. last week was Alyssa and we didn't do a life update. And then the week before that you no. did a solo. And the week before that we didn't have one. So um, yeah, I, I watched forgot. Dairy Girls. I yeah, I watched Dairy Girls while I was sick. Um, and it was three seasons. Each season is six episodes. And each episode is only 25 minutes. So I flew through it. It oh, was amazing. Yeah. It's so funny. I was amazed with how good it was. Um, it was fun to see Penelope from Bridgerton in a completely different personality. Because <laughs> um, she, like, you know, it's a totally different character. But Michelle was my favorite character. I love her so much. Um, and then I've started watching Modern Family because I keep seeing TikTok clips. And, you know, I decided I'm just going to watch the show. And it's hilarious. And I'm on, like, mm-hmm. season four already. Um, Cam and Phil are my favorites. Cam's just like extra level dramatic and I love him. Um, and then I recently watched Mamma Mia 1 and 2. I had seen Mamma Mia 1, but I don't think I ever like finished it. I don't think I ever watched the full movie. So I watched I all love of Mama it. Mia. 
I watched all of it and then I watched the second one and so now I'm obsessed and I've decided that my next trip out of the country will be Italy and Greece. <laughs> so much so that I've downloaded Babbel and I've started learning Italian. <laughs> I'm ready. Oh. Um, we did have book club last week. That was fun. We did Powerless by Lauren Roberts. Everybody gave it a great review. So, you know, everyone gets to stay in the book club for another month. <laughs> Alyssa was like, if people don't like this book, I'm kicking them out of book club. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, I need to read um, it. It's so good. Um, but yeah, and then book club. And I got to um, read Arc Read, which is on the review um, for a January wrap up. But um I did it for MuggleNet, so the review I'm going to give on today's episode isn't going to be, like, super lengthy, because the full, full review is going to be on MuggleNet February 6th, which is when the book comes out, which is The Cursed Rose by Leslie Vetter. Um, I've been able to read all three of the books in the trilogy to review for MuggleNet ahead of their publishing date, which has been awesome, and they've been so good, and I do not like fairy tale retellings, but I love this trilogy, because it's Sleeping Beauty, but it's not like it's not like shot for shot remake. Mm-hmm. Like, like Akatar was a you know Beauty and Beast retelling. It was closer to the original story than this is to Sleeping Beauty. Like, she's done a really amazing job with it. Um, and I've loved reviewing the trilogy. And honestly, if she comes out with more books in the future, I'm just gonna message her and say, let me know if you want me to review. Um, but that full review will be out February 6th, which is when the book comes out. I highly recommend everybody go out and pre-order. Um, but yeah, that's all I have for my life update. Did you think of anything else for yours? Oh, well, um, the one thing that we've had. So we're notorious at our house for getting strays a lot. Oh. And, <laughs> and normally it's stray cats, but this Sunday... We actually wound up with a stray dog that somebody, so rule of thumb, don't dump an animal where a bunch of animal lovers live because one of our neighbors watched this guy dump this dog, proceeded to get in his truck and chase said guy down the road and got his license license plate and the dog came to our house. She looked like a beagle mixed with something else. She looked like a beagle mixed with a basset hound. Yeah, that's what she looked like. She was super sweet. She she was fixed. And she was just a sweetheart. Carly wanted to name her Jovi. You wanted to name her Reba. Yeah, she had like red hair. It and was so much fun. Like, who want to miss that opportunity? Because then she jumped up on the window and I was able to go, Reba, no. And basically, we didn't know what to do with her. But then finally... Our neighbor come over and got her because there was a family that wanted her. So she is with a family now. She is all taken care of. And the guy that dumped her has officially been put on blast. So, yeah, people found his Facebook and they have reported him to animal services. Animal control. Whatever that is. Animal yeah. control. And he's actually oh. took in, taken his post down that said, does anybody want a dog? So it's gone. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, he posted the dog on Facebook, and then nobody wanted it, so he decided he'd just drop it off on the road. And Sir. then people found it and then said, so you dumped her? And so, yeah, that was that was an eventful Sunday that we had, first other than watching the football games. First of all, he came out a dairy farm road. Like, there's so many farms and stuff on our road. Like, you couldn't just go up to one of those houses and say, hey, you want a dog? Like, their farm, they're, like, they own farms. Chances are they would have taken it, like not everybody in the world saw your Facebook post, you know, like. Yeah. And you don't don't. dump an animal on a dairy farm because chances are, if there's a dairy farm, there's animal lovers and they will beat you. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Like there's like people that own like farms and stuff there. Chances are, if you tell them like, I cannot keep this dog, I need somebody to take this dog. She was super friendly. She was not by like, please take this dog. Chances are they're going to take it or they know somebody that will want it. I just, no respect. I can't, but you know. But yeah. Karma. That was, that was it. That was it. Karma's going to track you down step by step from town to town. (laughs) Okay. 
Oh, Cassidy did tell me that she wants to do a, um, she's thinking about doing a Super Bowl party. And her and I are going to, well, I already ordered one. I don't know if she's getting one. She joked that she was. I don't know if she is. I ordered a t-shirt for the Super Bowl, Super Bowl party. I do not watch football. There's only one reason I'm going to watch this game. I bought a t-shirt that says, go Taylor's boyfriend. Because <laughs> why not? Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. All right. Um, hello, everyone. And welcome back to Family Fiction. With Hallie and Carmen. So this week we are doing our January wrap-ups. Um, so just going to talk about everything that we've read for the first month of the new year, which is fun. So, but before we get into that, we'll do our currently rating as, you know, per the use. Um, my current audiobook is um, Rereading City of Bones by Cassandra Clare. Because I reread the Infernal Devices and read for the first time the Chain of Thorns series. And so I'm continuing in timeline order. Um, so, rereading City of Bones. And then my physical book is House of Flame and Shadow by <laughs> Sarah J. Moss. Alrighty. So, for my current reads, for book-wise, it's technically two. So I have, obviously, House of Flame and Shadow by Sarah J. Moss. And then I also have The Battle of the Labyrinth by Rick Riordan. It is the fourth book in the Percy Jackson series. It is a reread for me. So Battle of the Labyrinth is. And then as for manga, I am currently reading Snow White with the Red Hair, Volume 21. Crazy. So many books. I know. We're such multitaskers. Mm-hmm. Love that journey for us. Um, so I guess we'll go ahead and get into January wrap-ups. I did kind of rearrange our list. I don't know if you saw. So I that we did. Can kind of go in somewhat. Is, of um, Carmen definitely beat me this month. I I slacked this month, which is normal for January is usually a bad month for me to read because that's when I'm starting back to school and my brain's frazzled. So I read nine books this month Good Lord. i'm working on book number 10 but um i don't think it's gonna be done this month i mean it might technically still have tomorrow um mm-hmm. but starting off i have it's in his kiss by julia quinn which is the next to last book in the bridgerton series and this book was amazing. I'm excited. I have both. I have this book and the last book of the Bridgerton series on the wrap up this month. So I was able to finish the Bridgerton series this month. So that was fun. Um, let me pull up the synopsis. So for It's In His Kiss, um, Gareth St. Clair is in a bind. His father, who detests him, is determined to beggar the St. Clair estates and ruin his inheritance. Gareth's sole bequest is an old family diary, which may or may not contain the secrets of his past and the key to his future. The problem is it's written in Italian of which Gareth speaks not a word. All the ton agreed there was no one quite like Hyacinth Bridgerton. She's fiendishly smart, devilishly outspoken, and according to Gareth, probably best in small doses. But there's something about her, something charming and vexing, that grabs him and won't quite let go. But rest assured, Mr. Mozart is spinning in his grave when Gareth and Hyacinth cross paths at the annual and annually discordant Smith Smith Musicale. To Hyacinth, Gareth's Every word seems a dare, but she offers to translate his diary, even though her Italian is slightly less than perfect. But as they delve into the mysterious text, they discover that the answers they seek lie not in the diary, but in each other, and that there is nothing quite as simple or as complicated as a single perfect kiss. So I really enjoyed this book. I, it's not... I don't know. I need to like sit down and put all the Bridgerton books in order of like my favorites, which my number one is Benedict's book. Top tier. Um, I gave it a four out of five. Hmm? You're making me want to read these books. 
they're good. They're very like romancy. So like they're strong in the romance. There's not like a t- there's some smut, but it's not like not like bad smut. But it's, I'm it's very like Jane Austeny. It's Jane Austeny. Um, I've like listened to the audiobooks because the girl who reads the audiobook or narrates is like really good. Um, I gave it a four out of five. Uh, I thought the plot was really fun and different from other books in the Bridgerton series. I did enjoy getting to learn more about Hyacinth and Lady Danbury's family by proxy. Um, and I can't wait to see what they throw in as far as like the show's really good about like throwing in hints to the other siblings like future seasons. Um, so I can't wait to see like what hints they maybe give at Hyacinth's future. So that was good. Mm-hmm. So that was that one. Um, the next one I have is On the Way to the Wedding by Julia Quinn. And this is the last book in the Bridgerton series. Um, I really enjoyed this one. I think it's going to make my top three of the series for sure. Um, unlike most men of his acquaintance, Gregory Bridgerton believes in true love. And he is convinced that when he finds the woman of his dreams, he will know in an instant that she is the one. And that is exactly what happened, except she wasn't the one. In fact, the ravishing Miss Hermione Watson is in love with another. But her best friend, the ever-practical Lady Lucinda Abernathy, wants to save Hermione from a disastrous alliance, so she offers to help Gregory win her over. But in the process, Lucy falls in love with Gregory, except... Lucy is engaged, and her uncle is not inclined to let her back out of the betrothal, even once Gregory comes to his senses and realizes that it is Lucy, with her sharp wit and sunny smile, who makes his heart sing. And now, on the way to the wedding, Gregory must risk everything to ensure that when it comes time to kiss the bride, he is the only man standing at the altar. It's literally forbidden romance, and I couldn't get enough. It was amazing. Mm. Um, I gave it a five out of five. It was way better than I expected. Like I really didn't think I would connect with Hyacinth or Gregory's relation, like books at all. Cause in the show, they're still kids. So I've not really like gotten to know them well. Um, the tension and unexpected action were straight out of an epic, like romance movie. It was crazy. Um, Gregory and Hyacinth were the ones I knew the least about. And I was not disappointed with their books at all. Um, this book was the epitome of the tension I look for in every book. Like I said, it was a forbidden romance trope. And like, like, if I needed to tell somebody, like, this is the level of tension I love in a slow burn romance book, I would reference them to this book. It was perfect. So good. So yeah, um, gave that one a five out of five. I plan to hopefully read Queen Charlotte and the other Bridgerton spinoffs, but I am officially done with the Bridgerton sibling series. A lot of books, too. Yeah, I think there's like eight, seven or eight. Yeah, I think so. Okay, so my first book on our wrap-up is going to be Percy Jackson and the Olympians, The Sea of Monsters by Rick Riordan. It is the second book in the Percy Jackson series. This one is a reread for me. So just to kind of give you some background on what the Percy Jackson series is about, um, the series basically follows Percy Jackson, a boy who is quite troubled, who starts to think that something... Could you try again? Shut up, Siri. I think your Siri came on. <laughs> Anyways, I don't know if that got caught. Probably. It says I can the hear series. It, yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is a dumb laptop. Anyways, the series follows Percy Jackson, a young boy who is quite troubled, who starts to think that something is wrong with him as he starts to see creatures that look like they jumped out of his Greek mythology textbook that no one else can see. He soon finds out that the Greek gods from his textbook are in fact real, and he is the son of one of them. He is then taken to Camp Half-Blood, where he will train to be a warrior and go on lots of quests. So, that's basically just a rundown of what the whole series is about. Um, I gave this book a five. Um, I I forgot how kind of fun The Sea of Monsters is. I flew through it. It's 
it's the short i would say it's the shortest book they're all the first three are all like 20 chapters but that one is the shortest in terms of page page numbers um the percy and annabeth moments are the greatest this is when the ship starts to pull itself together and i am Y'all. here for it i forgot like poor grover in this book he goes through so much grover just goes through so much as a whole throughout the he's whole like, series he's like the sacrificial lamb for everything anytime any of these books something's going on with him and i'm like boy this he can't catch a break um but yeah this one was super super fun um i cannot wait for the season two adaptation for the show i need to I pray I think that it is better than the movie <laughs> i know pray. mom and i are at least an episode behind we need to catch up well, the last episode the last episode is tonight it comes on at nine so i'll tell you how good the show is my parents who've never don't know anything about percy jackson they love it they love dad loves it so I'm like, I have accomplished something. Um, but yeah, it was very, very good. Um, the next one is continuing with the Percy Jackson series. We have The Titan's Curse by Rick Riordan. Um, this is one I didn't really remember a lot from because it's been a while since I read this one. I gave it a five. Once again, Rick knows what he's doing. He knows how to write a good book. <laughs> This one, I've not finished the last, I've not finished the rest of the series, but I would say The Titan's Curse is probably my favorite right now. Um, This one has tons of action in it, and there were, there were lots of fun scenes in this one in terms of the action. Plus, I, we also get introduced to one of my top five Percy Jackson characters of all time, and that is Nico. I love Nico. He's, I forgot how- you hear him Mm -hmm. in the- casino episode in the background you can hear you can hear a little boy shout bianca and i said (gasps) in the middle of the scene we were all watching it you hear i said (gasps) wait i forgot how little he is and hearing the voice i was like oh my gosh he was like a baby he was a baby i think he was like oh gosh i can't remember how old i said he was just a baby yeah. Uh, I also love one of my favorite things. Again, this is an also where the Percy and Annabeth ship starts to take form and starts to sail. Literally, all he thought about in this book was, I got to find Annabeth. <laughs> and I was like, you've got your priorities. I, I and I, I have in my notes, I said, Percy is the man in this one. <laughs> It's one of my favorite Percy Jackson scenes of all time is in this book and it's towards the end and I'm like he's such a cool character he's so sassy too he's kind of like Harry Potter he's so sassy yes I will say like the one thing I've missed with the show so far is like I'm genuinely upset that Poker Face wasn't in the casino episode (laughs) yeah I saw a lot of people were upset about that and genuinely one of the things I feel that like I, that's such an iconic scene like they could yeah. just put the song in there but i'll tell you though what was hilarious though is and there was a scene that was not in the book that rick added and i don't know if you what episode are you on so if you're not on it i won't say it we just watched the one which this last episode was when they went to the underworld yeah i haven't watched that one okay well it was very good (laughs) i mean i've read the book so nothing's spoiled but um, it was exactly how i pictured it but um i just i really needed that moment and i hope that when they do see of monsters i need luke to say don't walk on my roof (laughs) i know what are you doing don't walk on my roof walk on my roof yeah i loved that scene but there's a scene that was added with percy's parents and i about had a conniption when it happened (laughs) so um, it was great but yeah this one was so good i loved titan's curse it was also very stressful (laughs) 
you know the last like couple pages last couple chapters were wild there was a lot of stuff I forgot I honestly like so when I read them last year that was my first time reading them and um I read the lightning thief but I had never read the rest of the series but even like I find like I think with any book you can reread it you know 15 times and you're gonna catch things you didn't catch before yeah with any book so I love rereading books oh yeah but um yeah people have been complaining about the adaptation and I'm like shh just pipe down shh I think with me like like I said I I haven't really read them that much and so like I'm just enjoying the series. It's the same as Shadow and Bone, you know. At least it's good. It could just be absolute yeah. trash. I mean, like Shadow there's Hunters. Not a, there's not a bunch of stuff that's different. Um, there's not a bunch of stuff that's different, but I'm like, just enjoy it for what it is. <laughs> yeah. The only I exception that, now I will say though. The Avatar The Last Airbender show better be right. That's what I was literally about to say. That sucker looks straight out of the cartoon. The people who are cast sound like the cartoon versions. They look like the cartoon versions. The, the bending looks correct. Adapted. Like, yeah, yeah, you don't have people making 15,000 moves to float a little rock across the screen. <laughs> the movie was so dumb. I hate the movie. Little- that little snippet with where it showed Katara in the trailer and she's waterbending. I was like, I was like, that's my queen. Yes. And even ah. like seeing like the earth kingdom and the, like the guy. I, I, like, did, see, I did see Boomy King Boomy. And I was like, yes. yes. When King, when, when I saw the King Boomy scene, I gasped. I was like, Oh my gosh. And just like when they, when he's like coming out of the, like, you know, glacier just mm-hmm. hearing the like cartoon music put in oh i can't wait it's, it's like, like my childhood ti- it's, it's like the childhood, childhood nostalgia but so and i just think all Lord. i hope for is that the cabbage guy you know has ample screen time mm-hmm. and that we do get secret tunnel oh i know i will say though i knew i was very worried i was like you better, Sokka better be funny. And in the trailer, it showed him eating and saying a funny line. I said, yep, he's funny. Even just the moment of him, like, eating on that apple, I was like, okay, they've nailed it. Like, that's all they needed (laughs) to show me to know that they have nailed Sokka. That one little snippet. And And just the look he gives Momo, like, when he's on his head, like, he's got the expressions down. You gotta have the expressions down if you're gonna play Sokka. I need... I don't know if it'll be in it. I doubt. But I really want the scene when Momo first comes in in the air temple and Aang goes, Lemur! And Sokka goes, yes. dinner. Yes. Dinner. dinner. I need to rewatch the cartoon again. I know. I really need to. It's, it's such so a classic. I can watch it all the time. I've watched the trailer for this show like five times and every single time I watch it, I get goosebumps everywhere. Especially oh, the ending, know. just seeing him levitating and you're hearing the... I'm like, oh, I know. The nostalgia. Yeah. Serotonin. We've we've gone gone off track. track. (laughs) It happens. Okay. This is what you get. But it was okay. Next book. (laughs) Okay. So my next one was Underneath It All by Kate Canterbury. I read this for a book club. I did not like it. (laughs) Um, Matthew Walsh doesn't have feelings and he likes it that way. Between breathing life into his family's third-generation Boston architecture shop, keeping the peace with his five siblings, and competing in triathlons, he doesn't have much time for feelings. At least that's the case until Lauren Halstead tumbles into his life. The feisty, beautiful blonde isn't what he wants and definitely not what he expects. She's so much more. Lauren Halstead doesn't have time, and that's turning into a real problem for her. Losing focus isn't something Lauren does with any regularity. She has checklists and to-do lists and action plans a mile long. She doesn't have distractions, and she doesn't let anyone tell her what to do. When she trips down a flight of stairs into her architect's arms, she gives in to distraction for one night. They weren't looking, but they found each other anyway. Honestly, it was giving Wattpad. 
Um, I gave it a two out of five. See, this is just another one of those books. Like for somebody, this is probably an amazing book. These are the tropes that they love. This is something that they're getting like ooey gooey romance. They're just going to like kick their feet about like, but I don't like these types of books. These aren't the tropes I like. Um, I think it had potential, but it fell flat to me. Like in the beginning, I was very much on board and I was, you know, really liking it. Um, but it ended up just falling completely flat because honestly they got together way too soon in my opinion. Um, it was missing the tension because of that. There was like no tension. Um, and Lauren was on my nerves so badly. The amount of times she ghosted him and he like would obsessively text her. It was too much on both ends. But, like, she was on my nerves. Figure your stuff out and report back to me, Lauren. Um, while I relate to wanting to bail as soon as it gets serious, like, I related to that of the character. But, like, at some point, it became less relatable and just plain annoying because she just constantly would bail. And I'm like, okay, after the 10th time, Lauren, your opinion's not starting to be valuable anymore. Like, I, I can't. Um, And, like, Matthew, like I said, he would, like, obsessively text her, and that was just very overbearing for me. And I was like, if this was a man I was dating, I'd be like, you need to calm down, sir, or I'm going to get a restraining order. Like, please calm down. Um, I also just didn't vibe with the plot as a whole because I really don't know what the plot was, to be honest. There was no plot. Um, It was... With books like this, if you're going to give me that type of couple, you've got to give me an underlying plot that's, like, really good. And I really couldn't tell you if there was an underlying plot. Mm -hmm. I have no idea. Um, It wasn't interesting. Like I said, they got together too quickly. Um, There was no other point of focus, so it was just solely centered on the couple. Um, And it was overwhelming, and I got bored. So. I'm sorry. Yeah. My my dad is just he's watching the basketball game and he's just going nuts in here so if you can hear him that's why i can't hear him i can't hear him um the next book on my list moving on from that tragedy um was powerless by lauren roberts which was you know icing on the cake so freaking good i am officially impressed with the fact that she's like my age writing a book this good like what the heck um She is the very thing he spent his whole life hunting. He is the very thing she spent her whole life pretending to be. Only the extraordinary belong in the kingdom of Ilya, the exceptional, the empowered, and the elites. The powers these elites have possessed are, for decades, were graciously gifted to them by the plague, though not all were fortunate enough to both survive the sickness and reap the reward. Those born ordinary are just that ordinary and when the king decreed that all ordinaries be banished in order to preserve his elite society lacking in ability suddenly became a crime making Peyton Gray a felon by fate and a thief by necessity surviving in the slums as an ordinary is no simple task and Peyton knows this better than most having been trained by her father to be overly observant since she was a child Peyton poses as a psychic in the crowded city, blending in with the elites as best as she can in order to stay alive and out of trouble. Easier said than done. When Peyton unsuspectingly saves one of Ilya's princes, she finds herself thrown into the purging trials. The brutal competition exists to showcase the elite's powers, the very thing Peyton lacks. If the trials and the opponents within them don't kill her, the prince she's fighting feelings for certainly will if he discovers what she is. Completely ordinary. It was so good. And I'm going to say this right now. Anybody who's listening, if you if you enjoyed Red Queen by Victoria Aveyard, even in the slightest, go read this book. Because Red Queen fans will love this book. That was the sole reason I loved this book. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. The first half of it made me very nervous because it was following Red Queen tropes. 
and I was really nervous that it was about to be a copy and paste and I was going to be really upset and then it took a turn so it was great I gave it a five out of five um like I said if you like Red Queen if you like Throne of Glass or the Hunger Games also go read this book um the f the female main character is very quickly admirable and the dual povs are the best thing to ever happen to me like needed these dual povs more than i needed air um like i said as for the plot red queen lovers will notice some similarities and might end up with the same ptsd fears i had if you know you know but the book quickly took on a role of its own and it kept me on my toes which was nice i was glad that it was never like once predictable um the romantic tension is so good um you could cut the tension with a butter knife or dagger lol um you don't have your typically your typical morally gray love interest either like or the typical chosen one fmc like it wasn't he was morally gray and she was the chosen one kind of sort of but that's not the way that you're used to seeing it play out and so I just think it's great. Yeah. I honestly like the stuff that ends up happening in the book, like never saw it coming. So it kept me on my toes. I have pre-ordered the novella and the sequel as quick as I could. Um, like I said, I'm just jealous that she's like my age and wrote a book this good. Yeah. Making me feel a little under accomplished. That's okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's all I have. All right. So my next two, there are two manga volumes that I read in January. I'm just going to kind of put them together. And that is Spy Family Volume 6 and Volume 7 by Tatsuya Endo. Um, go listen to my Spy Family episode if you want to know more about this. But basically, I'm just going to give you a rundown on what it's about. So we follow the story of a man named Twilight, who goes by Twilight. He is the best spy in the country, and he has been assigned a mission to infiltrate this elite private school. But in order to do that, he needs to create a family. So he goes to this orphanage. He adopts a little girl named Anya. And he kind of sort of gets into an arrangement with a woman named Yor Briar and to make this fake marriage scenario. But what Lloyd doesn't realize is that the little girl he adopted is a telepath and the woman that he has agreed to a fake marriage to is actually an assassin so crazy family dynamic um and they gotta make it work to get this mission done um as far as the volumes go i love the series it is so fun it is so cute i like i said in my spy family episode it is a great first manga if you want to get into it um I did enjoy Volume 7 more than Volume 6, um, because Volume 7 focused more on the kids, and the kids are hilarious. Like, Anya's hilarious, her arch-rival Damien is hilarious with his minions. Damien gives me Draco vibes, like, young Draco vibes, just being an absolute butt monkey, and that's what I'm getting. It was very good. It was so good. I cannot wait for more. I have Volume 8. So I need to read it and then order volumes nine and ten when I have money. <laughs> um, all right. Move on to your next ones. Okay. Um, the next one I had is Where'd You Go, Bernadette by Maria Simple. Um, when her daughter B claims a family trip to Antarctica as a reward for her perfect grades, Bernadette, a fiercely intelligent shut-in, throws herself into preparations for the trip but worn down by years of trying to live in the seattle life she never wanted miss fox is on the brink of a meltdown and after a school fundraiser goes disastrously awry at her hands she disappears leaving her family to pick up the pieces which is exactly what b does weaving together an elaborate web of emails, invoices, and school memos that reveals a secret past Bernadette has been hiding for decades. Where'd You Go, Bernadette is an ingenious and unabashedly entertaining novel about a family coming to terms with who they are and the power of a daughter's love for her mother. Um, I read this for a book club. I gave it a three. Um... 
if not for this being a book club book, this isn't a book I would have picked up just because it's not my type of genre. And I think that shows my rating. And that's really why, like, honestly, again, this is another book that, like, for some people, they might love this book. But this isn't my typical reach. Um, and so I didn't really, didn't really like it. Um, don't get me wrong. This is a cute read and a humor, humorous mystery. And I think it's a cute, like, if you just like a good, like, cute little mystery book, this would be good for you. But honestly, with the books I've been reading lately, I really, like, if I'm going to read a mystery book, I need something that's going to have a lot of suspense, suspense and action and tension overall. And obviously, this didn't have that. So I think that's why it was kind of a flop for me. Um, I think it's a great book for a book club discussion, but just not a personal pick for me. So I'm excited to discuss it with book club. Um, yeah. The next book I have is The Curse Rose by Leslie Vetter, um, which is the arc read I got to read. Um, the book comes out February 6th. <clears throat> so this is the third book in the Bone Spindle series. And I will read the synopsis of the first book so as not to give any spoilers. <clears throat> Fee is a bookish treasure hunter with a knack for ruins and riddles who definitely doesn't believe in true love. Shane is a toughest dirt girl warrior from the north who likes cracking skulls, pretty girls, and doing things her own way. Briar Rose is a prince under a sleeping curse who's been waiting a hundred years for the kiss that will wake him. Cursed princes are nothing but ancient history to Fee until she pricks her finger on a bone spindle while exploring a long lost ruin. Now she's stuck with the spirit of Briar Rose until she and Shane can break the century old curse on his kingdom. Dark magic, witch witch hunters and bad exes all stand in her way not to mention a mysterious witch who might wind up stealing shane's heart along with whatever else she's after but nothing scares fee more than the possibility of falling in love with briar rose set in a lush world inspired by beloved fairy tales the bun spindle is a fast-paced young adult fantasy full of adventure romance found family and snark um, like I said, I was able to read the third book. Um, I gave it a four out of five. I've really enjoyed getting to read the arc reads for this series. Um, I honestly get so excited when she announced like a new release because it means I get to, you know, like read it and review it. And I was getting really excited with each new release. Um, it's been so good and I'm sad that it's over because this was just a trilogy. I'm hoping she maybe does a spinoff. Or just more books in general. Because I would read them. Um, I'm very happy with how the story wrapped up. I think it was. Like no crumbs left behind. I loved how each little storyline. Was wrapped up. Each character's arc just had a little bow on it. And it was perfect. Okay. So Hallie and I both have. House of Sky and Breath. But I also have House of Earth and Blood. So I'm going to go ahead and give that synopsis. For House of Earth and Blood. And then. We can both give our reviews for all three. Um, Bryce Quinlan had the perfect life, working hard all day and partying all night until a demon murdered her closest friends, left her bereft, wounded, and alone. When the accused is behind bars but the crimes start up again, Bryce finds herself at the heart of the investigation. She'll do whatever it takes to avenge their deaths. Hat Athlar is a notorious fallen angel, now enslaved to the archangels he once attempted to overthrow. His brutal skills and incredible strength have been set to one purpose, to assassinate his boss's enemies. No questions asked. But with a demon wreaking havoc in the city, he's offered an irresistible deal. Help Bryce find the murderer, and his freedom will be within reach. As Bryce and Hunt dig deep into Crescent City's underbelly, they discover a dark power that threatens everything and everyone they hold dear, and they find, in each other, a blazing passion, one that could set them both free, if they'd only let it. So, for me, for House of Earth and Blood, um, I gave it a 5 out of 5. This is my second time rereading House of Earth and Blood and Sky and Breath. I was rereading for House of Flame and Shadow. Um, I give both of these a 5 out of 5 still, even with a reread. Uh, the first one, with House of Earth and Blood, 
Um, I truly had forgotten some things, some of the things that happened in this book. So that it was nice to kind of, you know, get a refresh. And I also forgot how much I hate Danica. If you know, you know. Um, rereading this just deepened my love for Bryce Quinlan and the lengths she goes to for the ones she loves. Uh, this series may be very different from what we're used to in Throne of Glass and A Court of Thorns and Roses, but I think it's equally amazing. Um, it's another Sarah J. Moss book about strong characters and compelling storylines, and not a single flaw. Um, as far as House of Sky and Breath goes, again, a 5 out of 5. While the sequel is not as good as the first one, in my opinion, the boring parts get saved by the way the book ends. Because, let's be honest, House of Sky and Breath had a lot going on, and there was a few moments where I was bored a little bit, and like, what the heck is going on? But the ending saves it, if you know you know. Um, both times I've read this, there have been parts I think are unnecessary to the center of the story and parts that I, t I tuned out a little, but what saves it and gives the book five stars is truly the ending because what? Also, I'm obsessed with Rune and Day because they give me all the feels. You get it. So my next review is House of Sky and Breath by Sarah J. Moss. This is the second book in the Crescent City series. Um, I was just trying to get caught up on all the Sarah J. Moss books before House of Flame and Shadow released. Um, I gave the book a five out of five across the board. Like, it was so good. I loved it. It was so crazy all the way through. I was constantly kept on my toes. Um, crazy cliffhanger, I will say. Sarah, you are on my list. Now, to be fair, the ending did get spoiled for me for House of Sky and Breath, but that does not mean that I didn't enjoy it any less. Like, I, even though I knew what was going to happen at the end, I still loved it. Like, I couldn't imagine, like, reading that for the first time and then having to wait almost a year, maybe two years, to get the next one. God. Couldn't do it. Um, the last five chapters, it's no surprise that any Sarah J. Moss book, the last 100 pages are gonna be bonkers, and these last five chapters in this book were wild. They were nuts. Like, it was so stressful to the point where I was exhausted reading. Like, my heart was, like, beating out of my chest, and I was exhausted. The whole time, I was just, like, flipping the page and going, like, <sighs> like, I was just letting out this big sigh because I was like please let my misery end um the only kind of nitpick I have with this book is that there were definitely this book is huge and House of Flame and Shadow is bigger but still House of Sky and Breath is huge and there were definitely some parts for me that dragged out and that probably could have been shortened or cut and there were some points of view that I could have done without but the ending totally made up for it like in I am usually fine with multiple points of view I'm usually okay with it if it's done well but for me I like if the point of view is not interesting to me if it's a character that I'm not really attached to I'm not gonna like be totally enjoying that point of view like, and there's a lot of point of views in this book, like, a lot. So, in the first book, House of Earth and Blood, you are mainly following two points of view. That is Hunt, and that is Bryce. You've got your two main characters. And you've also got, um, now granted, you also have the occasional, like, rune point of view, like, sprinkled in the first book, but I think he only had a point of view maybe... I know he had one, I know he had at least one, he may have had two or three, I don't really remember, but he didn't have very many, I think the most he had was probably two, if I can just think off the top of my head, but in House of Sky and Breath, you have multiple points of view, you have, obviously, Bryce and Hunt, go figure, you have a, you have Rune's point of view in this book, which was kind of necessary, because Rune is kind of important in this book um he is a really important plot line going on 
you've got Farian's point of view, which I did not complain about. I love Farian, and I loved his point of view. Um, and he was also pretty, like, important in the story as well, in my opinion. Like, he played a pretty big role. Um, and then, I'm trying to think who else we had. <laughs> you had Bryce Hunt, Rune, Farian, um, and Ethan. You had Ethan's point of view, and Ethan's point of view was the one that I could have done without. He Granted, he doesn't really, I don't think, have that many points of view, but it definitely, when it got to his point of view, it definitely kind of dragged, and I just, I'm not really attached to Ethan. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't think Declan and Tristan had, or Flynn, had any other points of view. I think it was, you mainly had Bryce, Hunt, Rune, Farian, and Ethan. Those were your kind of just main points. That's five. So, that's kind of excessive. And Ethan's, I didn't really enjoy. Ethan's story in general, like, I didn't really enjoy. Like, I don't want to say, like, what I didn't like. But there's a certain plot line that he has going on. And I just wasn't into it. I was bored while I was reading his point of view. But, not to say, like, his point of view def- Well, I'm having a stroke. Um, but the ending definitely made up for those parts that were dragging. Um, the ending totally made up for it. And like I said, the last five chapters were bonkers. And that ending killed me. I was unwell after it. Um, but yeah, that was my review on House of Sky and Breath. Alrighty. Um... My last book to review is A Promise of Rage and Ruin by B.L. Talley. This was a sort of reread for me. So I read this book when it was a beta read and I got to beta read for her. Um, but this was my first time reading it, you know, fully edited, ready to rock and roll. Um, goddess, monster, queen. What defines a god? Is it power, ambition, loyalty? Or is it something far greater, darker, than, moral, than mortals are willing to admit? If the gods are not bound by the promise of death, nor held to the limits of mortality, what is to stop them from taking everything they desire? Good and evil, right and wrong, to live or die, concepts ruined through the lens of immortality. But vengeance, vengeance is sweet, and they crave its delicacy. Renata Orion has been reborn as the legendary Dark Phoenix, goddess of shadows and flame. But when she ascended into her godly form, she awoke something ancient and dark within the cosmos, a force that craves to restore balance, even if it is through death. When her sister Archer is taken from her, held captive by this new enemy, Renata vows to save her sister and have her revenge. Aided by Calyx and her newfound friends, they must navigate the realm of night and find their way back to freedom through heartache, betrayal, and the potential ruin of a home they only just discovered. Will Renata succumb to the rage that roils within her, or will she use the anger to save herself and everyone she loves? So we've had Britt on the podcast before, um, which is a great episode, and I highly recommend going and listening to that interview because it's amazing. Um, and we have done a full book review of the first book. And after reading this for the first final copy, I can't wait to have her back on again. Um, and like, this book was just so good. I gave it a four out of five. Um, like I said, I finally got to reread this as a final copy and I loved it. The sequel does involve some heavy setup, so there's a lot of, like, not really world building, but just, like, a lot of setup for what's to come, but I do think it's crucial to the story, so the heavy setup is why I gave it a four, but I'm not really, like, giving that as a negative point because I, I do think it's crucial to the story, and I can see where this is probably going, and I think that setup's important, especially for the things that Renata's going through in this book. That setup is crucial to her arc. Um, the world building is, there is some world building, but it's done smoothly, and it's not in a suffocating dump like some authors do, um, so I appreciate that. 
What I love about this book most is that Brit has written compelling characters with realistic storylines, having real struggles. So you're watch, you're reading an FMC go through real things and deal with it in a way that's plausible. Like, she's dealing with it. She has PTSD. She has grief. And she's dealing with it in the way that is normal. And it's inspirational and aspirational. And I love it. Um... I can't wait to see what happens next, especially with Archer, because um, I do think, I, if I'm remembering correctly, I do believe Britt had told us that she's giving Archer a spinoff, which is, I'm thrilled, because I love Archer, um, and yeah, I'm just really excited to see what happens next, but um, that is all we have for today's episode, not sure what we're doing next week, we need to figure that out, um, but... Uh, be sure to rate us five stars, follow, um, our Instagrams, um, are linked down below, including our personal and our social, um, I mean, and our podcast socials. Um, like I mentioned earlier, if you're interested in seeing anything from the House of Flame and Shadow Midnight Release Party, go look at my bookstagram. I've got a few things on there from last night. Um, Yeah. I think that's it. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed it, and we will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.